Today's show is sponsored by our friends at Orca Coors, who make some of the coolest tumblers out there. They even have whiskey barrel tumblers, all sorts. They have like a wine tumbler, super cool. And then they make these awesome roto molded coolers that keep everything cold for you. Could put ice in there for like five days and the ice will stay. I know I've done it myself, but hot off the presses, fresh off the national championship game, they have Georgia national championship tumblers ready to go. If you go to orcacoolers.com, use code DADSEASON, you will save 20% off your whole order. And all you Georgia fans out there, hit them up, get one of those tumblers now. Just make sure you use code DADSEASON. Today's show is also sponsored by our friends at Action247.com, the only sports book by Tennesseans for Tennesseans. And if you want action, there's a lot to get into this week, even though the fact that Georgia won the national championship yesterday, that's all done. NCAA is done, but the NFL playoffs start this weekend. They have games Saturday and Sunday. If you bet $20 on the spread both days, you will automatically get a $20 free bet because they love you. There's always Friday deposit boosts. They even have table tennis, ping pong, whatever you want to call it they even have those prop bets this week the sony open is this week golf is back in full swing if you bet 25 dollars on the winner they will give you a 25 dollar free bet if your guy lands in the top 10 but doesn't win so check out action 24 7 for all sorts of cool bets like that use code dads 100 they will match up to 800 dollars of your deposit up until the super bowl so lots of good stuff going on with our friends at action 247.com use code dads 100 So depending on when I release this episode, Zeke, you could potentially be skiing or you could potentially be back. But we are recording this show in advance just to make sure we have our crap together for when you do come back. Hopefully in one piece. Are you looking forward to this ski trip? Stoked. Love it. Love it. Love it. You know, took a hiatus until last year, you know, when the boy was born a few years back. And that was great. And granted, it wasn't uh, as much of the mountain open as we'd hoped for with uh, all the Rona stuff back then. But best I can tell, everything's pretty wide and clear now. And I'm ready, man. Good three days of just going at it hard. Watch the dogs on Monday night. My boy out in Denver. Hopefully all that goes well. I mean, fifth time's got to be the damn charm, right? everyone my name is john edwards with me as always is zeke baker and together we make the dad shrinky bourbon wherever you are whatever time it is thank you for making us part of your day this episode is either going to be a glorious one for zeke or it's going to be one where he's in the corner in the fetal position crying about some dogs what do you think the chances are i mean textbook says 50 50 somebody's got to win Wayne Gretzky said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So I guess Georgia has to take their shot, right? Hopefully they deliver some shots instead of taking them, so to speak. No, I mean, obviously I'm optimistic. I feel good. Um, I feel like in the history of sports, it's always harder to beat someone the second time, you know, in the same season, same team. The fact that there's a few more weeks involved, but twice in three games, if they can do that, by God, obviously they will be the champs, but there's not a thing I could say about it. You know what I mean? Like you roll somebody twice in three games, you're clearly better. There, there are no other factors, no other ifs, ands, or buts, or uh, you know, whatever you want to throw out there. I know you don't watch the pros, but the analogy here. I watch it. Kind of. But the analogy here, so the year the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, the first year the Patriots lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants, 
that year that they almost went undefeated. So they played the Giants three times. Weirdly enough, they won the first two and the Giants won the last one. Just a little fun fact for you. I imagine it's happened more times than just that. But yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because, you know, you've already showed your hand to a degree. You study somebody, you, you scheme against them, you find what works. But then if you show all that off, I mean, how many times can you reinvent the wheel? Everybody's only got so many weaknesses. But at the same time, I'm a firm believer as a football player and you were a football player. Like the offense should be like, I'm running it right here. As the defense, you have to stop me. So at the same time, you could show your hand. You know the gist of what they're going to do. You watch film. The trick is, can you stop them? Like, that is the game right there. It doesn't matter if you know exactly what the play is. You still got to stop it. Somebody could still juke you, break your ankles when they're going out running a route. You fall down. You look the wrong way. Quarterback looks you off. You think that he's going to pass to another receiver. You kind of go over a little bit. One guy gets open. The nuances of football, you still have to stop them. I think the third game where each team has won one this season, I think it's anybody's game. They both have seen each other's best look. And even though Georgia lost last time, it's not like they looked terrible. It didn't look too good. But I mean, I think, you know, you and I probably talked about it offline. I mean, I kind of said going in, like, I don't want Georgia to lose with the way things look. And if we're going to play Bama again in two more games, I'd rather us go ahead and take the L on the front end. Come in there a little more fired up, a little more ready, a little more I'm going to get after that ass mentality. Agreed. That's, that's the side of the, the ball I'd want to be on. You know, similar though, I'll throw out there for a little banter on college. I mean, after those two semifinal games, you know, I think we all thought going into the playoff, and we have for years now, like, oh, it's tough to pick, you know, which top four. We need to go to eight. We need to make it this or that to, you know, keep uh, all the teams in there in competitiveness and whatever. <laughs> well, two of the four <laughs> laid eggs. I feel like the whole argument to go to eight just got thrown back out the window. Like, shit, <laughs> why even have four? Those two games weren't even interested. For everybody that said how Cincinnati needed to be in there. I mean, now Ohio State didn't necessarily prove that they were doing too well and they didn't make a case for themselves playing the way they did against Utah, where, you know, coming back at the end to pull it out of their ass. I don't know how the (laughs) hell they did that, but Utah deserved to win that game. That's all I'll say. (laughs) I thought they were going to lose. Honestly, I was like, all right, come on, Utah, do something. But then literally, I, I mean, I don't know what else to say other than like, what do you do now with that whole argument for eight? Well, I think there are some years that, you know, I mean, think about the years where Alabama really, really, really dominated. You could have 16 teams or 32 teams or whatever it is, 32 teams, 16, 32, and Alabama was still going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think this year it was just, it was Georgia and Alabama from the start. They were the two class teams in the NCAA, and nobody else was close to them. Like these teams could yeah. think, like, okay, yeah, we're good, we're good. No, you weren't Georgia, Alabama, good this year. True. I don't know what other team you're going to put in. Notre Dame. What What are you going to put in? Who are you? What team are you going to put up against Georgia, Alabama? That was going to make it an interesting game. I just wish they'd finally make them join a conference. Just, just do it. Come on, just suck it up. Tell them they got to join a conference like everybody else in football. You know why they didn't have to? Because there was still a TV contract for Notre Dame football. Like, 
Why do people join conferences at the end of the day in this day and age? It is revenue sharing. It is TV contracts. You know, you have the Big Ten Network. You have the SEC Network. You have the Big 12 Network. You have the Pac-10 Network. The deals that they make off these networks alone and the money that gets distributed to the schools in the conference, whatever you have. Okay, we're going to play each other. We're going to have a conference champion. But like now it's all about revenue. I mean, I get it. But I mean, how old is that deal with Notre Dame? And isn't it basically for life? Something like that. I mean, it was in an infinite amount of time. I mean, literally like forever. But think about the recruiting tool that you have there. A reason that these television contracts are so important is you know that a player is going to go to a school where they can get exposure. All those Notre Dame kids know that they're getting on NBC no matter what. I don't know how much that matters anymore. I mean, with the portal stuff, everything else, I mean, I feel like kids are just trying to make sure they can get on the field and be seen by the right scouts. You know, even if nobody catches you out of high school, go to a smaller school, get your time, get on the field, get some plate, get some, you know, tape worthy stuff out there. Scouts see it. You go in the portal. Peace out. I'm moving on up. Anyways, let's talk about some whiskey because I feel like this conversation is going to be a long conversation anyway. Wheel Horse Bourbon and Wheel Horse Rye. They are put out by a place. It's Latitude Distributing, actually, in Massachusetts. But it is distilled at Green River in Owensboro, Kentucky, formerly known as OZ Tyler. We've talked about them a lot. They make the juke joint from Blue Note, Bradshaw Bourbon. There's a whole lot of other stuff that they make. I think the Elvis stuff came from there, too. There's a whole lot of contract distilling they're doing at Green River. We have been big, big fans of Green River. And then finally, there's people that are agreeing with us. The big guy, Fred Minnick. Fred said on December 30th, he put it on Twitter, since they scrapped rapid aging efforts, Green River Distillery has been making great whiskey that's now coming to age. And let me tell you what Jacob Call is doing post-OZ Tyler may be the biggest turnaround in whiskey history. Look for big things from them in 2022. I couldn't agree with it more. We've been saying it for a while, but I couldn't agree with it more. What they've done there, that whole terror pure crap from O.C. Tyler and their rapid aging efforts really made people kind of look down on them. But at the same time, if you were in the know, think about how many different distilleries came around and they had NDAs in place. And you're like, hey, where's that whiskey from? And they're like, O.C. Tyler. Well, I mean, yeah, wasn't the Tara whatever that just that one Cleveland brand that wasn't their model? Weren't they doing it for someone? Well, it was a couple. It was their model. They were trying to do it for a couple different things. Uh, For some reason, I thought it was just that one brand. And I just assumed like they paid them to do that process for them since they were contract distilling for them. Part of it was contract distilling. Part of it was them going out and saying, hey, we can rapid age whiskey for you and it tastes good. And then a whole bunch of people going, I don't know if I've ever had things in smaller barrels, rapid age that tasted good. Oof. The whole small barrel thing. I mean, it's tough. It's so fickle. Sample it one day, a week later, completely different. Might be better, might be burnt. I mean, it, it, that's tough. I feel for anyone that's uh, you know navigating that space and, and still doing those things. Because to me, that's uh, like the epitome of micromanaging in the bourbon world. The margin of error is so small when it comes to that, too. That's what I think is is a huge thing there. Like, you could go from having a really good whiskey to having not a really good whiskey in a matter of days rather than a matter of months. For sure. I did just watch the Lego movie again with Sophia recently. And when you say micromanager, have you seen the Lego movie? The one with um, Luke Arnett playing Batman? (laughs) Not Luke Arnett. 
Will Arnett playing Batman, but yes. At least I didn't say GF. That's what I almost came out twice. <laughs> hey, Jeff, not only did you start a new distillery, but you played Batman in the Lego movie. Dude's making moves everywhere. No, have you seen the Lego movie? No. I no. We had this same conversation recently in a, a chat, which I guess people aren't privy to, but I told you I like to stick to the older movies. To me, they're funnier. They're more genuine. The songs are better. And most importantly, there is no marketing like scheme around them right now. So I'm not going to see ads for them. My kids aren't going to see stuff in the stores for them. They're going, oh, I want this useless toy I'm never going to play with again. I will tell you, though. The jams from Frozen are pretty damn good. Yeah, Layla sings those. I don't mind that too much. But again, that there's exceptions to every rule. I know. But Everything is Awesome is the jam from, from the Lego movie. It even had the Lonely Island on it. But there's a whole micromanager thing from Lego movie. But if I do it without you actually knowing the context or seeing the movie, you're just going to think I'm weird. But let's move on. The longer conversation I have here, though, is in the, the scheme of contract distilling you know you have middle west up in ohio you have mgp in indiana you have tennessee distilling company there's southern spirits i think cardinal spirits does some contract distilling in indiana as well spirits of french flick sagamore kentucky artisan kentucky artisan distillery tennessee distilling company out of all of these group of distilleries that are out there, Green River is putting out some amazing stuff and it's two to four years old, right? Like the, the stuff is not, it's not of maturity where they're going to go get 80, 90, a hundred bucks for this stuff. But if you want to get something that's a killer drinker, like they are putting out stuff that is killer drinking whiskey. Yeah. I think that's to me, the, the big asterisks or, or, you know, whatever I'd want to, to put out there that kind of to where they've moved the needle and a lot of folks haven't. Because I get, you know, folks need to get product out there. You you need to make money to keep the business going and, and, you know, make the turns. But at the same time, putting out young whiskey to me, even if, you know, you're just, you know, the middleman sourcing it for a different brand. Consumers know now they're nerdier. They get into it more. They keep up with it. They don't just look at the label. And, you know, like we've always said, with just even brands in general, if you kind of burn somebody too many times early on, no matter how good it is later, they're not going to come around. So to me, that's where I would be you know, really tough if I was in that craft position of like, well, it'd be nice to get some stuff out there and some money coming in. Well, it'd be nice if it's a little bit better, but for, you know, through whatever means they've really found at least, you know, what you and I agree on, it would be a pretty darn good juice at a young mark. That's allowing them to, to get more of a market presence, you know, and a foot in the door faster than a lot of other places, I think. And I think the other thing about it too, is how they're actually pricing it. Those brands that have sourced from Green River, they're not overpricing their product. I mean, the product is coming out at 30 to $35. If it's a young whiskey and you're putting it out at a decent price, I'm completely okay with that. It's where I get upset is you go source this whiskey and then you put it out at 50 bucks and it's a two to four year old whiskey. Like 50, 60, 70 bucks, that's way too much for a whiskey like that. But you can put something out at 30 to 50 and have your, your drinker be 30 and your cast strength be more at 50. And cool, I'm not going to complain about that. That 30 to 50 category, I think, is a growing segment of whiskey. I think it's a growing segment of bourbon. I would like to see more whiskeys end up there because it's on that teeter of what is a daily drinker versus what's a nicer pour. I like that a lot of the Green River stuff ends up there. Sorry, you were going to say something. I cut you off. Um, I forgot. <laughs> 
All right, fair enough. So this wheel horse bourbon, it comes in at 32 bucks. It is 101 proof, 50.5% ABV. It is 70% corn, 21% rye, 9% malted barley. It is aged a minimum of two years. Side note, I know I said $32. I mean, it's anywhere from 26 and I'm sorry, I should have clarified that, is anywhere from $26 to $32, depending on where you get it. Fair enough. When I uh, you took a few nips off this and tried to get some notes on there, I did think it came in a little bit hot at first. It, it you know, makes you step back and kind of, <laughs> whoa, hey, all right. You know, once that initial kind of, uh, you know, stutter jab move was in there, it definitely had like this creamy nuttiness thing to it. I went around and around trying to think what exactly it was. I even put question marks on all my notes because I just wasn't that certain of it, but I felt like it was pretty good. I, I went anywhere from, you know, amaretto, the kind of mid to back part of it has like like this maybe pecan pie, possibly nougat, cream soda with like a, a strong vanilla component. And, and all that was kind of in the middle to the back for me. Again, the front, even when I revisited it, it still had a little bit of a punch. And I wouldn't call it astringent, just say maybe, uh, you know, prickly or rough around the edges. And <laughs> once you knock off that first little uh, coating, you, you get to the, uh, the good part of the Tootsie Pop, so to speak. But- I should mention too, that this is batch two that we are drinking. So we've already reviewed batch one of Wheel Horse. Since I agree with a lot of what you said, to jump in here too, I think the front of this one it comes in hot but it comes in a little bit thinner and the second it kind of gets to mid palate the thickness of the pour comes through it almost like sneaks its way in your mouth and then expands out with the flavor once it's already in there like that pecan pie and stuff like that you get like i don't get that in the front of my palate i get that after it reaches midway through and then it like opens its arms out like hey i'm in your mouth now yeah i mean the the first part is almost uh you know like the roller coasters they all want to start you off with something that's going to scare the shit out of you first and you just laugh and enjoy it the rest of the way. This one kind of right when he first get like, I don't know. I don't know. Ooh, Hey, there we go. Okay. Yeah. I'm good with this. Any other distinct notes you got on the mids? Like I say, I, I kept getting flashes of things that I felt were what I, like I was spot on, but it was so similar to other stuff. It was really hard to pinpoint, but everything I, I wrote down was stuff I liked and I enjoyed. I, I just couldn't uh, get the right descriptors or, or things I felt 100% confident on. Yeah, I know it's 101 proof, but I actually get a decent Kentucky hug with this one. Like I feel it going down my chest. It's a lot for an under $30 pour. In the back of my mind, I can break this down and really give tasting notes, but it's like at the end of the day, both of these, the rye and the bourbon, They're great pours at great prices. I have to put this in perspective because I was talking to somebody the other day about Green River and they're like, well, you know, I don't really think it's that good. I'm like, put it in context of everything. It's not going to be a bourbon or a rye that's going to completely change your life. You're not going to drink this and say, this is the best thing I've ever drank in my whole life. But we need more drinkers. Everybody wants to make as much money as they can. They're putting out these LTOs. They're putting out stuff that's harder to harder to get. Like, I need variety in stuff I can actually get and and attain and afford. So I give extra points. Like it tastes that much better to me that I'm like, oh shit, there's something that's decent to drink and it's not going to hurt my wallet. I'm in. Oh yeah. I mean, we've said it countless times. First couple, yeah, you want something mid to nicer. You're going to enjoy, nurse it. You're not going to drink that the whole night. You know, the palate gets desensitized. It's going to happen. Or you're watching and doing stuff. You're not paying attention to what you're drinking anyway. Like There's no point in, in drinking something that should be savored while you're completely engulfed in a movie, if, even if it's the Lego one. 
<laughs> the Lego movie is great. I will tell you. I can't handle those characters. They, I don't know. They seem weird to me. Why? Um, it's got Chris that, Pratt. That, that, the, the characters seem weird to me. The but, Lego characters? Uh, I, I don't know. It's, some, it's that weird thing between animation and people, and it's either one, but it's weird. I, I don't know. But the other good thing about you know both of these products, for me at least, too, is yes, they're young, so there's going to be juice that gets older. Inevitably, you know, some of these rough edges are going to get smoothed out with time because that's what bourbon in the barrel or rye in the barrel should do. Then you're going to have even better products down the road, which not to be negative or throw shade, but there's been plenty of crafts that two to three or even four years we've tasted. And I'm like, eh, I, you know, I don't know if that's going to make it. <laughs> I just need to go ahead and send him off to the sale. Well, and if this is where <laughs> this is now, to your point, if this is where this stuff is now, where is it going to be two, three, four years from now when it is, you know, getting into that sweet spot of bourbon, it's going to be freaking incredible because it's already good now. I'm not saying it's yeah. the best stuff now. It's good stuff now when it gets to that age it's going to be great yeah and i don't know about you but i mean i definitely thought of the two the the bourbon was preferable for me rye wise just in case anyone wants some notes on that we'll throw them in there real quick or i will at least i thought it was heavy cinnamon it definitely leads the way all the way in uh followed by some caramel apple and green star brights which i've gotten some rise recently i, I like it uh the cinnamon just kind of is always number two and, and a little more heat than I would care for. At some point, it's almost like an apple Jolly Rancher. The best way I could describe the way the cinnamon is just kind of present throughout is that it, it seemed starchy crisp to me. Like it, it almost to the point of just like having a bite, like a real firm collar on a shirt. You know what I mean? Like just how crisp it is. I don't know. That, that's what I went with for that one. But again, both these products to me are showing very well for where they are and also showing a very good future for down the road. I agree. I still think this is not my ideal rye, but if I was going to have an accessible 95.5 rye, besides all the wonderful ones we picked at Nashville Barrel Company, I would have this wheel horse as a 95.5 just purely under 30 you want to get that right i mean we all know it's very apparent and i've talked about it that i am in this phase where i i like a kentucky rye a little bit more a little bit more corn in my rye and so they're not are they making their own rye or no then yeah it's a 95.5 yeah they're making it but it's 95.5 i mean like i just feel like there's not only one distillery i mean bardstown makes 95.5 too i know i just feel like we're also trained when you're 95.5 it's like playing bingo like oh mgb put your red dot down or whatever to me at least i try and throw out the disclaimer if it's 95.5 but not mgp like well they're using the same recipe but they are making it and it is their own product 100 percent. they're making it it's their own product but i will what i will say about this 95.5 from green river is i don't get as much of the pine and wintergreen as i do from an mgp 95.5 and that's the thing that makes me gravitate towards this it's also kind of the thing that i did like about the mbcs i'm not just like saying it because we're friends with them is i didn't get as much of that mgp signature on some of my favorite rise from over there especially like the blend that we were lucky enough to be a part of with the the blend of the 
the rye at 20 something bucks for this like it is a no-brainer I'm, there's something on the back of this though like on the finish and i'm trying to really like put it in my head and talk at the same time and i'm not doing a good job of like thinking and talking <laughs> at the same time that, that that's right that like i sat here and i was like what is this doing like what am i picking up and that's where i said the cinnamon almost felt starchy crisp to me it was just there and it, it grabbed you and the way the cinnamon grabs the whole way through it never i guess released really for me to let other flavors hit the taste buds as much that's kind of the way i, I look at it so to speak but i'm okay with that and i agree with you on the cinnamon i'm okay with that because it's different and it's still good right like different isn't always good but this is different than some other stuff that you're going to get out there it's at an affordable price and it tastes good so i'm in fair enough fair enough thank you to wheel horse for sending us these samples we really appreciate it thank you to green river they didn't send us anything but thank you for putting out some great whiskey and we hope to do something with you soon have you on talk about it if you're listening come on over come talk to the dads we'll come up to you whatever it is find us on facebook at dad's drinking bourbon twitter at bourbon dads instagram at dad's drinking bourbon please leave us an open honest review wherever you listen to us like we leave open honest reviews about the spirits we drink zeke where else can the folks find us good old nashville tennessee hopefully i make it back from a uh, breckenridge in one piece and speaking of ones let's hope the dogs are holding up one by their name well don't hit a tree and i'll see you when you get back cheers <laughs> ciao <laughs>